Well, welcome back as we go through uh, Good Friday today, uh, as we progress through uh, through Passion Week or Holy Week, uh, and as we continue our study today. Uh, just to jump right in, uh, we'll give you the scriptures for today is uh, Matthew 27, verses 1 through 61, uh, which is where we'll actually start today is in Matthew 27, uh, Mark 15, verses 1 through 47. Luke 22, verse 63, through chapter 23, verse 56. And John 18, 28, through chapter 19, verse 42. Um, and so like I said, we're going to read today in Matthew 27. Um, we'll also read some out of Luke 23 and Mark 15, all three today. Um, and then uh, we're going to read out of uh, a little bit different than what we've done. Um, out of a book called One Perfect Life. That's a harmonization of the Gospels as we look at Jesus and Pilate uh, and Jesus and Herod uh, and his uh, uh, trial before them um, today. So so with that, we'll uh, just jump right in. In Matthew 27, uh, as we uh, finished up yesterday and as Christ finished on, on uh, Thursday evening, uh, the way we look at the week, Thursday evening, and uh, into the wee hours of the morning uh, in front of the chief priest, um, and they've accused him of blasphemy. They've, uh, uh, the chief priest has, has tore his robe, um, pronouncing that. Uh, and as, uh, as the sun rises and as things come and they finish out their trial in the daylight, as the, everything at night would have uh, been illegal anyway. Um, that's where we're going to pick up. And in verse 20, or chapter 27 of Matthew, verse 1, it says, Now when morning came, all the chief priests and the elders of the people conferred together against Jesus to put him to death. And they bound him and led him away and delivered him to Pilate the governor. See, the Jews didn't have the, the authority uh, to, to kill. They, they weren't legally allowed to. Um, to kill. And uh, so then in verse 3, it says, Then when Judas, and, and so to take a, a different look here back to Judas, it says, Then when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that he had been condemned, he felt remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, What is that to us? See to that yourself. And he threw the pieces of silver into the temple sanctuary and departed. And he went away and hanged himself. So again, Judas being remorseful, just as Peter, as we looked at yesterday, was remorseful after he had denied Christ. Though Peter went away, as we can see as, as the Gospels continue and as we get into the book of Acts, Peter goes to repent and come back to Christ. Judas goes to hang himself uh, in guilt and shame. Um uh, again, uh, you know, it, it, it's worthy to note if Judas repents, uh, Jesus forgives, just as, as his prayer, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, um, as we'll look at. So in verse 6, it says, The chief priest took the pieces of silver and said, <clears throat> It is not lawful for us to put them into the treasury, into the temple treasury, since it is the price of blood. And they conferred together, and with the money they bought the potter's field as a burial place for strangers. For this reason, that field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled, 
and they took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of one whose price had been set by the sons of Israel, and they gave him gave them for the potter's field, as the Lord directed me. So again, Zechariah eleven, another prophecy that was fulfilled, just as we've talked about all week, in God's divine perfect plan of um, of how this week unfolds regardless and like we said before maybe just on the podcast of that these guys would never do anything to um, to affirm that Christ was the Messiah um, on their own will and their own merit but yet the prophecies continue to be fulfilled through and by them um, in God's providential plan so um, uh, as we go from there and Jesus now going to be before Pilate and like I said, I'm going to read from this, uh, this um, the, the One Perfect Life is what this book's called. It's a harmonization of the four Gospels as we look at Jesus and Pilate and, and Herod's exchange with one another. Um, as it combines, like I say, the harmonization of all four Gospels, I think it, it lays out the scene uh, very clearly uh, as we read through it. So it said, when they had bound Jesus, the whole multitude of them arose and led away led him away from Caiaphas to the Praetorium, and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. And it was early and it was early morning, but they themselves did not go into the Praetorium, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered and said to him, If he were not an evil doer, we would not have delivered him up to you. Then Pilate said, you take him and judge him according to your law. Therefore the Jews said to him, It is not lawful for us to put anyone to death, that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled which he spoke, signifying by what death he would die. And they began to accuse him, saying, We found this fellow perverting the nation and forbidding to pay taxes to Caesar, saying that he himself is Christ a king. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus stood before the governor and answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. Pilate therefore said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered, It is rightly, as you say, that I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, and that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? And when he said that, and when he said this, he went out again to the Jews and said to the chief priest in the crowd, I find no fault in this man at all. But they were the more fierce, saying, He stirs up the people, teaching throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee to this place. And while he was being accused of many things by the chief priest and the elders, he answered nothing. Then Pilate asked him again, saying, Do you answer nothing? Do you not hear how many things they testify against you? But he answered him not one word, so that the governor marveled greatly. So again, there, you know, just a few things to note is is between Jesus and Pilate is, is, is a few things that are very consistent, uh, that Pilate's never found and, and never finds any guilt in Jesus, just as, as no one would. Um, 
no honest person would that uh, as as being the, the God man that, that walked the earth that never sinned um, Pilate finds no guilt and no any wrongdoing whatsoever in him and, and that doesn't change um, you know Pilate asks that key question what is truth and Jesus is truth what we read about him is truth the Bible that points to him is truth um, that we can look at today so uh, as we keep going, it says, uh, when Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked if the man were a Galilean. And as soon as he, uh, <clears throat> and as soon as he knew that he belonged to Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. So Pilate's feeling it out here um, that he can send Jesus to Herod because he's under Herod's jurisdiction of where he's from. Uh, he said, Now when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he had desired for a long time to see him, because he had heard many things about him, and he hoped to see him see some miracle done by him. Then he questioned him with many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priest and the scribe stood, at, <clears throat> stood and vehemently accused him. Then Herod, with his men of war, treated him with contempt and mocked him, arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him back to Pilate. That very day, Pilate and Herod became friends with each other, for previously they had been at enmity with each other. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to releasing in the multitude of one prisoner, releasing to the multitude one prisoner, whomever they requested. And at that time, they had a notorious prisoner, a robber named Barabbas, who was chained with his fellow rebels. They had committed murder and a certain rebellion made in the city. Therefore, when they had gathered together, the multitude, crying aloud, began to ask him to do just as he had always done for them. But Pilate answered them, saying, You have a custom that I should release someone to you at the Passover. Whom do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. So again, Pilate there, because of envy, Pilate knew what, what was going on. Uh, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, or so it seems, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent to him, saying, Have nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things today in a dream because of him. Then Pilate went, then Pilate, when he had called together the chief priest, the rulers, and the people, said to them, You have brought this man to me as one who misleads the people. And indeed, having examined him, in your presence I have found no fault in this man concerning those things of which you accuse him. No, neither did Herod, for I sent you, sent you back to him, and indeed nothing deserving of death has been done by him. I will therefore chastise him and release him, for it was necessary for him to release one of them, one to them at the feast. But the chief priest and the elders stirred up the crowd, so that they should ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release to you? And they all cried out at once, saying, Away with this man and release to us Barabbas. Not this man, but Barabbas. Pilate, therefore, wishing to release Jesus, answered and called out to them again, What then do you want me to do with Jesus, who is called Christ, whom you call King of the Jews? whom you call the, the king of the Jews. But they all shouted and cried out again, saying to him, Let him be crucified. Crucify him. Crucify him.
Then he said to them the third time, Why? What evil has he done? I have found no reason for death in him. I will therefore chastise him and let him go. So then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him, and the soldiers twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put a put on him a purple robe. Then they said, Hail, King of the Jews, and they all struck him with their hands. Pilate then went out again and said to them, Behold, I am bringing him out to you, so that you may know that I find no fault in him. Then Jesus came out wearing, wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to them, Behold the man. Therefore, when the chief priests and officers saw him, they were insistent and cried out all the more, demanding with loud voices, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, You take him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and according to our law he ought to die, but he made, because he made himself the Son of God. Therefore, when Pilate heard that saying, he was the more afraid, and went again into the praetorium and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave him no answer. Then Pilate said to, them, said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have the power to crucify you and the power to release you? Jesus answered, You could have no power at all against me unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered me to you has the greater sin. So again, Jesus tells him, and that's another point I wanted to interject in, is that he explains to Pilate the only power that he has in this situation is the power given to him from above. Again, God's divine plan just as the scriptures prophesied, just as as all points to, is what's coming. From then on, Pilate sought to release him, but the Jews cried out, saying, If you let this man go, you are not Caesar's friend. So now the Jews are switching to politically try to encourage Pilate. Whoever makes himself a king speaks against Caesar. When Pilate therefore heard that saying, he brought Jesus out and sat down in, and sat down in the judgment seat in the place that is called the pavement, but in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the preparation day of the Passover and about the sixth hour, and he said to the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. And the voices of these men and of the chief priests prevailed. When Pilate saw that he could not prevail at all, but rather that a tumult was arising, was rising. He took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. You see to it. And all the people answered and said, His blood be on us and on our children. So Pilate wanted to gratify the crowd, gave sentence that it should be as they requested, and he released them, released to them Barabbas, the one they requested, who for rebellion and murder had been thrown into prison. So all of this back and forth between Pilate and the Jews, and, and um, you know, we, we read through quickly of, of Jesus being scourged and beaten and chastised and mocked and the crown of thorns twisted and, and forced down into his head by the Roman soldiers during this time before, before we, they even head out to Golgotha with his cross. Uh, now that Pilate has, has <clears throat> agreed to crucify him. You just think of the the pain and the anguish that's already taken place 
um, as we can look at the cross and look at the path to the cross of the things that Jesus, the, the beating, the scourging, and, and not to to continue to, to just repeat, but to really think of of on the way to the cross in this setting by these these Roman soldiers. You know, if you if you think of an army and if you think of that, what these guys are, uh, what their job is, um, the things that that they do, I'm sure they do well, and, and the things that Christ has already went through at this point is, is brutal, is is tough. And if you think of uh, that, that Caesar was thinking if he chastised, if he scourged him enough that that they would would see a beaten humiliated Jesus and then let him go that that's the point that we're at and and, and, and as that comes out um that that's happened as we just read uh it's still not enough for the Jews and and again all in God's designed providential plan to pay for the sin of the world so we'll pick back up and and as we get out of the one perfect life and then back into Back into the Word, we're going to get into Luke, uh, uh, Luke twenty-three out of One Perfect Life, the book that is. Um, I highly recommend that book, by the way. Uh, One Perfect Life: A Harmonization of the Gospels uh, of uh, the Walk, the, the Walk of Christ. So, um, in Luke twenty-three, verse twenty-six, it says, "When they led him away, they seized a man, Simon of Cyrene, coming in from the country, and placed." on him the cross to carry behind Jesus. So by this point Jesus is is probably been scourged and beaten enough as as we were just talking about that he he doesn't even have the physical strength to carry to carry this cross um and to carry his own cross. Uh, in verse 27 it said and following him was a large crowd of the people and of women who were mourning and lamenting him but Jesus turning to them said daughters of Jerusalem stop weeping for me but weep for yourselves and for your children. For behold, the days are coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren and the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will begin to say to the mountains, Fall on us and to the hills cover us. For if they do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it is dry? Two others also who were criminals were being led away, were being led away to be put to death with him. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And that in Luke 22, verse 34, Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. Going through all of this and all of what Jesus has went through on this day and these last couple of days, but... Uh, through the night, through the morning, through the middle of the day into now. And he reaches out and says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. How peaceful that is to know that that's my Lord and Savior that's doing this willingly and in the midst of it happening. Again, still fully God and fully man, in agony in the garden, that same person at the very moment. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive me when I do not know what I'm doing. It said, and they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. And the people stood by, 
looking on. And even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuking him, said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come in your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, Today you shall be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour, and darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. So their sixth, sixth hour being noon, ninth hour being three, so from twelve to three o'clock darkness fell over the whole land, because the sun was obscured and the veil of the temple was torn in two. The, the veil, the curtain of the temple, was torn in two from top to bottom, and Jesus crying out with a loud voice, saying, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Having said this, he breathed his last. Now when the centurion saw what had happened, he began praising God, saying, Certainly this man was innocent. And all the crowds who came together for this spectacle when they observed what had happened began to return, beating their breast, and all his acquaintances and the women who accompanied him from Galilee were standing at a distance, seeing these things. So again, Jesus gives up his spirit. He lays down his life. No one takes it from him, as John records. And, and as we get to this point, I want to turn over to John. In John chapter 19, uh, verse 30, uh, to pick right back up in the same spot, it says, Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Then the Jews, because it was the day of preparation, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man, and of the other who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified, and his testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, so that you also may believe. For these things came to pass to fulfill Scripture, not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another Scripture says, They shall look on him who they pierced. So again, another prophecy fulfilled, another Scripture fulfilled, um, as as. He fulfilled every scripture of the Messiah, as he fulfilled every prophecy in God's divine plan as Jesus went to the cross and as he walked through and he walked the earth to this point. Everything had been fulfilled just as, as the scriptures proclaimed that they would. So as Jesus is, is still at the, on the cross,
And to, to finish out today in Mark 15, well, in verse 42, it said, When evening had already come, because it was the preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, and Luke records that he had no part in the, in the plan to kill Christ. It said, Who himself was waiting for the kingdom of God, believed in Christ. And he gathered up courage, and he went in before Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Pilate wondered if he was dead by this time, and summoning the centurion, he questioned him as to whether he was already dead. And ascertaining this from the centurion, he granted the body to Joseph. Joseph brought a, bought a linen cloth, took him down, wrapped him in the linen cloth, and laid him in a tomb, which, he'd, which had been honed out in the rock. And he rolled a stone against the entrance of the tomb. And we can also note in the other, uh, in, in uh, John, that Nicodemus um, assisted Joseph of Arimathea in this. And in verse 47, it says, Mary Magdalene and, the Mar- and Mary, the mother of Joseph, were looking on to see where he was laid. So as, as this day comes to a close, the Savior of the world goes through an unjust trial, is found by the one who, who finally had, had sentenced him to be crucified, found no guilt in him. Though again, in, in God's providential plan, Everything is unfolding, has unfolded, and did just as, as the scriptures were fulfilled in every way. As I said yesterday, my sin and your sin was put on the cross that day. And we call it Good Friday because I'm so thankful that my sin was paid for that day. Because there's no other way to pay for it. There's no way I can pay for it. There's no way you can pay for it. No matter how hard we wanted to try or want to try or the things that we can do, nothing we can do can justify us in the eyes of God and make us righteous in His eyes aside from Christ and what He did this week as we're reading about, as we're studying about right now as we're celebrating. Though Friday is a tough day, and you can imagine the disciples and where they are setting, head out in fear, the things that are going through their mind. Those, as we know and read, and as we will continue to go through, Sunday and the resurrection is coming. Or my Savior defeated death. So that death has no sting, death has no fear, death has no worry. The wages of sin was paid for on this day. And we should all be so thankful for Jesus. I love y'all. You're on Good Friday. We'll see you tomorrow.